Welcome to Radiologist, a podcast by University Medical Imaging Toronto, where we discuss the most important topics through the lens of Canada's largest medical imaging department. I'm your host, Satish Krishna. And today I want to begin by speaking about 2001, when we witnessed a miracle of movie making, a magnum opus about a ragtag group of people from varied backgrounds getting together, uh, uniting for a common cause to overcome adversity and to have an amazing adventure. It was J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. But we're not here to talk about Fellowship of the Rings, we're here to talk about Fellowship of Radiology, but there are remarkable similarities because it's a ragtag group of people from varied backgrounds getting together, uniting for a common cause to overcome adversity and to have an amazing adventure. The success of the movie squarely lies on the shoulder of its legendary director, Peter Jackson, whose care and attention ensured that the Fellowship of the Rings was a huge success. Similarly, the success of the Fellowship of Radiology lies squarely on its legendary director, Dr. Minnie Packle. Dr. Minnie Packle, the Director of Fellowship of Radiology in University of Toronto, which is the largest fellowship program in Canada. Director of Advanced Cardiac CT course at the AIEC or the Advanced Education and Imaging Centre and the co-director of the UK Cardiac CT course and the lead for Transition to Residency Selective. You can see she's a decorated educator. Today, we're going to be talking about what is a fellowship in radiology? Why is Canada and Toronto the best choice of destination for fellowships? And more importantly, how to choose the right fellowship for you? We are very glad to have you here, Dr. Minipakal. Thank you for those kind words, Satish. I think you've been eulogizing me quite a bit, and I'm having a hard time trying to balance that halo on my head, but I'm looking forward to all your questions. Thank you. Maybe let's start by addressing the elephant in the room. There's this long-running joke that by the time people finish their medical education, they're in the right time to retire. Because initially, you have your undergraduate, then you have your medical school, and you can't start practicing as a physician because you've got to do a residency after that. And after residency, you can practice as a physician. So why do you think people should do a fellowship? Or more importantly, why are people doing fellowships these days? And more and more, it has become the norm rather than the exception. What attracts people to spend additional years for doing fellowships before becoming a staff physician? Um, I think, Satish, you've raised a very important point as to why anyone should bother investing another year or two years in a fellowship program, having already spent 10 years trying to get through the hoops of medical education and residency. But I think it's to do with the innate desire of every human being to be perfect. You know, um, it comes from wanting that additional experience, wanting to refine that experience so that you are the master of something. That's just, that's just innate in all of us, you know, because we're all type A personalities. We all want to be the best at what we do. And this is a great opportunity for them to really sink their teeth into something without the distraction of exams, without the distraction of having to gain competency on all the different areas of radiology. If you look at residency, it's really just about 
getting competency, but not necessarily being an expert in something. And a fellowship provides people an opportunity to become an expert in something. It is a great line on the CV, because if you can say to someone that I have done a fellowship in XYZ, in location XYZ, then it opens up a lot of doors and opportunities for them. And some of our fellows come here because they already have a job and they want to focus on an area of their job that they want to be skilled at. Some of our fellows come here because they want to serve the community through their community hospitals, and that's a great cause as well. But they feel a little unsure about doing that, and so they want to do multiple fellowships so that they can be really good at some aspects of radiology and take back that expertise back to the community hospitals and serve their patients better. So I think it's it's great, you know, because you want to do it. There is a personal reason as well, and that's a sense of adventure. They want to go and explore the world. And this is a great way of exploring the world without the stress of being a staff. So I think that's the reason why someone would want to be a fellow. Well, that's an amazing way to look at it. A residency ensures competency, whereas a fellowship ensures that you're the expert, you're the leader. And it's very interesting. You point out that every resident who comes out or every medical student who comes out has this innate desire to be better, to be perfect, and that's what drives them towards doing a fellowship. It is an adventure, but it's a controlled adventure, whereas they have the support, they have all the people around them to guide them to have the best experience out of it. What are the fellowships available um, in Canada or in the University of Toronto specifically? And how do you think residents should go about trying to pick what the right fellowship is for them. So there are fellowships available in just about every part of the body for radiology, and you name it, and there will be a fellowship available in Canada, uh, and certainly in the University of Toronto. So we have uh, in neuroimaging fellowships, we have head and neck imaging fellowships, we have fellowships covering cardiac and thoracic imaging, abdominal imaging, musculoskeletal imaging, interventional radiology, neurointervention. So just about anything that someone wants to be an expert in, there will be a fellowship available somewhere, either in the University of Toronto or in Canada somewhere. Coming to your question about how does one choose the right fellowship for oneself, I would say to the fellow, look deep into your heart. Look deep into your heart and find out what is it that makes you zing with passion? What is it that makes you want to get up and report lots of cases, take on the challenging cases, be unafraid to make mistakes? And if you can find the right subspecialty that gives you that thrill, then that is the right specialty for you. Having said that, I think the head is also important. And somewhere along the way, you also have to look into the future and find out how your desire to be an expert would fit into whatever the future directions are in terms of your job, in terms of the country you want to locate to, in terms of the toll it's going to take on your family life, for example. And you have to make a balanced choice based on both these, the heart and the head. And one of the ways to do that is to be honest with yourself. But the other way also is to go reach out to people, people who have done fellowships before, people who are successful staff and effective role models for you. And just have that heart-to-heart -heart discussion with them. Go into the Medical Imaging Fellowship website and kind of go through what the curriculum looks like. Um, speak to the fellowship supervisors or program coordinators and then make that informed decision about which, which subspecialty you want to follow and where, do you, where your heart lies. So that's interesting that it is a balance, but I need to point out something. 
When Minnie says, look into your heart, look into your head, she does not mean take either a cardiac or a head and neck fellowship. Like, I'm an abdominal radiologist. <laughs> abdomen is one of the best fellowships out there. <laughs> but uh, it has to be a balance of what you would love to do now and balanced with the rationality of what you want your practice pattern to be. Because one thing which I realized over time is that people's likes change. One day you hate sushi, the next day you love it. And it goes the other way around as well. So you might really love one form of imaging now. You might really love interventions now, but things may change. So that balanced approach, I, I understand, is really, really crucial. So let's say that I'm a resident and I've finally narrowed down my choice of what fellowship I would like to do. Then how do I go about finding where I want to do that fellowship? Because an abdomen fellowship is available in Toronto, Ottawa, like in any, everywhere in the US, in Europe, in India, everywhere. So how do I decide what is the right destination for me? Or in other words, why do you think that Toronto is the right destination or the best destination to choose for a fellowship program? So you are right that there are fellowships all across the world. And you are right that it is difficult to make that decision. But having said that, I think, as I said before, if you do your homework a little carefully, both inter internally and externally, you kind of have a fair idea of what your priorities are. And based on that, you would want to sort of reach out to a particular fellowship program. The University of Toronto is a great example of why people would want to come to Toronto to do the fellowship. It's because one, we offer almost all the subspecialties in radiology. So there are 140 different positions that we have for about 16 different subspecialties in radiology. We are the largest sort of fellowship program. We have centers of excellence in all the four hospitals that are part of the University of Toronto fellowship program. You know, for example, there's a very robust transplant program, or there is a fantastic oncology program, or there is a great trauma sentence, or there is a, a fantastic congenital heart disease program. But the other thing I would also say is that Toronto is a wonderful city to live in. It is multicultural. There are about 230 different nationalities in Toronto. So you have a diverse patient population, which means that you will see a lot of diverse pathology. I think the diversity means that the fellows who come here, they get to experience that diversity in terms of the different cultures, in terms of the different festivals, in terms of the different food that they can eat. I mean, some of my fellows, even the different seasons, like some of my fellows have not seen fall or have not appreciated the snow in winter. You know, go, go kick up the snow, go snow tubing, go skating, go skiing, right? You know, and this is a great opportunity for them to do that. And since we attract so many international medical graduates, they have an opportunity to work with colleagues from different parts of the world, right? You know, we represent practically every continent. I wouldn't say every country, that's stretching it a bit too far, but every continent. And so you're sitting in the reporting area with somebody from eight different countries or 15 different countries. And so you get to understand their healthcare system. You get to understand their philosophy about life. So there's nothing like this for personal growth. And so I think come to UFT. You know, one of my favorite cartoons is Jungle Book you know, the, the one based on Rudyard Kipling's novel. And in that, there is Carr the snake, you know, if you remember, and he sits in front of Mowgli and he sort of does this hypnotic sort of gaze at Mowgli and says, come to me. So I'm going to tell you, come to the University of Toronto. Trust me, you will not regret it. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, to all our listeners out there, 
just imagine that we are swinging a ticking like clock in front of you and uh, you know just come to uft because it's not just that uft has radiologists who love education who live and breathe education who are passionate about teaching people or in honing people to be the best version of themselves it's not just that it attracts people from all over the place for diversity and you have diversity of thought you have diversity of ideas in the same place it's not just that it is surrounded by experts not just in radiology but in every other field imaginable in oncology in transplant you have this huge supporting cast of people who send their patients to you and who you can interact with to get the best out of uh, the hospital it's also because toronto is such a great city to live in as many pointed out for so many reasons and you know i personally saw my first winter after i came to canada uh, that was the first time i saw snowfall ever and it's just amazing so i think it's a no brainer that uft is one of the best places to do a fellowship and quite a lot of people realize that people know that already and i'm assuming that a uft fellowship program is one of the most competitive fellowship application processes so how do i set myself apart from every other applicant to present a compelling case that i do want to compare so it is competitive uh, we have about 140 positions as i said but we have anywhere between 400 to 450 applications for those positions yeah but as a trainee you have to take certain steps to get noticed so to say so you know it's an online application and so um they go onto the medical imaging website and the application opens up in april till june and then they have to upload their cv their letter of intent their references their medical certificates and so on nowadays because of covid most of the interviews are virtual right which becomes difficult then to engage in a one to one on site interview process which means that they have to work harder to sell themselves and what i would suggest to them is you have to have the conviction that the choices you have put are the ones that you want you also have to make sure that you craft your cv because at the end of the day writing a cv is really crafting it so that it reflects what you love it reflects that you've done something to demonstrate that you love it it may be an abstract you know submission it may be a poster submission it may be a research project it may be an educational review article that you've written or an educational project that you've done on that subject that helps us understand that you are genuinely interested in that subject the other thing i would suggest as well is think very carefully about your letter of intent or your statement of intent or your statement of interest because it's not just saying hello i'm so and so and i'm interested in this position it's about telling me or you on the interview panel or the shortlisting committee panel why you are interested in this try somehow transferring that enthusiasm through letters which is hard i get it and also trying to sort of sell yourself in terms of why you would be a good fit for the unit and why the unit would be a good fit for you and how you think the unit would be- unit would benefit you and once you've done that i would also say be careful about the choice of your referees to choose them wisely they need to be people you know people who are going to vouch for your potential who are going to vouch for your skills and who are going to submit the letters on time right uh, and be a little organized about it and make sure that everything is submitted on time so that you know you're not running around at the last minute trying to sort of draw up an application in haste so this is what i would say to you and 
you know, sometimes there are personal anecdotes that help to, you know, understand the story. Like you, we recently had a, an applicant who kind of wrote about his own personal journey through an health issue that he had, and which is why he wanted to be a specialist in that particular area of imaging. It touches your heart when you kind of hear these stories because there's something personal about these. And so that is why I think um, these are some of the things that you need to consider. I would also say that you're not you have to reach out to your peers and mentors and, you know, ex-fellows just so that they can also help you in terms of how you fill out that application, give you additional tips and guidance on it so that your application truly stands out amongst the 400, 450 applications that are out there. It's very interesting to think about it because medical school teaches you medicine. A residency in radiology or medical imaging teaches you medical imaging and radiology. But to make this transition from a resident to a fellowship, there isn't a structured entrance process, but there are all these interviews and individual applications, which is competitive. And you need to be somewhere in the top to be able to get into it. And to be in the top, you need to demonstrate a passion. It's not enough that you have the passion. It's not enough that you're the best radiologist there is because there's no way for us to know that. You need to sell yourself. So even right at the start, we are teaching you or we expect other skills rather than just pure radiology. We love marketing skills. We love how you write stuff. We want you to go and interact with all the present and past fellows to get it. A lot of people think that, oh, we come into fellowship to be taught radiology. But at least from my experience, I did three fellowships and I realized that in addition to radiology, there are a lot of intangibles which you take away at the end of the day. There's a lot of academics going on. There's a lot of research as to okay, how to do research, uh, a lot of how to interact with other people, how to work in teams. So UFT, the fellowship experience, apart from just learning radiology, what do you think the fellows can take away at the end of the year? I feel very strongly that when fellows come here, not only do I expect them or not only do we as a, as a radiology faculty expect them to be experts in whatever fellowship that they've chosen, but we want them to be the best version of themselves as a human being, as a doctor who's going back to a community or patients. And from that perspective, we have tried to widen the scope of the fellowship. And so traditionally, we've always given them some research benefits, you know, in the sense that there's protected academic time that's given to all the fellows so that they can complete a first author research manuscript and submit it to the University of Toronto. You know, they can get to work with some very well-known supervisors in the area of research. They can get the research experience. This research can be presented at national, local, international meetings. So that gives them the exposure and the confidence to go on the platform and, and speak about their work. But off late, there has been, at least from my part, and therefore, and I notice even uh, amongst the radiology faculty, an introspection about where we are headed. How are we going to be relevant to 
the newer generation of radiologists could not, because not everyone's going back to a research position. You know, a lot of our fellows are going back to educational positions. A lot of our fellows are going back to being part of a big community or of radiologists and are expected to be taking part in quality in improvement projects, um, and so on. And so what we've done is we've widened that, that non-interpretive skills, so to say, so that there are options now for fellows to not just choose a research project, but they can also do a QI project, a quality improvement project, you know, where they can demonstrate that there's a lacunae or a, a gap in an area. And by, by putting their for, project forward, they can improve that lacunae or fill that lacunae. Um, they can also do an, a creative, innovative educational project, you know, and again, that they, they're mentored through that process. And so there are benefits to this because then they are aware of what is required to be a successful staff beyond being a great clinician. And the other thing as well that we have is courses for them in things like artificial intelligence, in things like research statistics, and even in leadership. It's not mandatory, but they're encouraged to go for all these courses or as many as they want to. Anything that piques their interest, they're, you know, they're encouraged to go for these. I mean, the leadership course I found, it's quite popular. I mean, it's not one of those dry leadership courses, which kind of talks about, you know, mission and values and all that kind of stuff. It's really touching at the core of who they are. And what do they see uh, as a leadership quality and how that has been influenced by their childhood experiences or by their training experiences? You know, we've I mean, I remember there was one person who really touched my heart because he said, I want to be a leader. And the reason why I want to be a leader is because I was bullied my entire life. And I just want to get out of it, snap out of it, be the leader, be the role model and help others who are being bullied. And to me, if I can make that difference outside of radiology, or if our whole team can make that difference out of radiology, we got to pat ourselves on the back for it, you know, just for setting them on that right path so that they can now explore these different parts of who they are and come together as a really rounded person. When students come out, they are diamonds in the rough. And what a fellowship does is it polishes them into beautiful diamonds that they can then go out and shine in the world. It makes them into really well-rounded personalities with all, not just clinical skills, but all other skills to be really successful, not just as a radiologist, but as a, as a clinician, as an educator, as a researcher, as a leader, or in any other thing they want to do, want to pursue uh, with the skill set in their back. So while speaking to you, one thing I noticed is that you are really passionate. It speaks volumes because that is one of the crucial reasons of the success of the fellowship program. But I want to delve more into how did you end up in, in Canada, in Toronto, and in this position as the director of fellowship so that you can steer all the ships in the right direction and make sure that all these diamonds are being kind of manufactured on a routine basis every single year. I think if you think hard about it and you feel hard about it, the universe makes it happen. That's my firm belief. I come from very humble origins in India. Uh, my dad was a medical representative for a pharmaceutical company, and he always dreamed that his daughter was going to be this doctor one day because it's 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 an important profession. It's a you know it gives you a lot of love and respect. And so I towed along, and you know, I, fortunately for me, I had the skills, and so I got into medical school, and then I did obstetrics and gynecology. I didn't even do radiology. I did OBGYN because that was sure to make me a millionaire in India. 
But my heart hankered for something more, the sense of adventure that I'm talking to you about, right? You know, and so uh, at that time, I wanted to do a little bit more, get a little bit more experience, go explore the world. And so I jumped on the bandwagon of going to England at that point in time, because all my colleagues were going to England. It was the place to be in. And so I went to England, and I don't regret it for a minute, because there are these historical cultural ties between India and England, and you just feel that instant connection with this country. And England gave me an opportunity to truly introspect about what it is that I wanted to do. And in my heart, I did not want to do OBGYN. I was doing well in obstetrics and gynecology. I was passing through with flying colors. I was a safe pair of surgical hands, as my, you know, as my consultants would say. They would never come to supervise me in the middle of the night when I was in the labor ward because they were so confident about what I would do. But somewhere I felt that I don't want to do this for the rest of my life just because it's expected of me and because I'm good at it, you know. And that introspective journey kind of made me shift towards, <clears throat> excuse me, radiology. Because I was already doing some, already doing some imaging as a gynecologist. And so I thought, I like this. But the natural thing was to say, then why don't you go into obstetrics and gynecology imaging, women's imaging, as they say. And I thought, if I'm going to leave things behind and if I have a sense of adventure, why don't I just go to something completely different? And so I stayed and steered clear of pelvic imaging of any sorts. And I went to the heart because as you can see, everything about me lies in the heart. <laughs> So I decided to do cardiac and thoracic imaging and, you know, England gave me the opportunity and I was happy. But I used to find a lot of my trainees going to Toronto, going to Canada, like Ottawa or Vancouver for fellowships and coming back and raving about how wonderful that place is. And I used to say, that's great. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable where I am. Except one fine day, I did see an advertisement in, in, for, for a radiologist in Toronto. And I thought to myself, hmm. I've got a well-settled job. My husband's got a well-settled job. We are happy in England. Do I really want to take this step? And somewhere there was this little devil with sort of red horns and a red tail saying to me, go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> so I had a long chat with my husband and I said, I want to do this. And he said, why? <laughs> you know, like, we're fine. I said, I don't know, but I want to do it. And he said, okay, if you want to do it, do it. And I have to say, my husband's been my biggest support in all my adventures. And so I applied for this job thinking, I'm never going to get this, you know, because I don't know anybody in Toronto. I don't know how the system works. I don't know about the healthcare. But that's the best place to be in when you're going for an interview. I was just so unafraid when I walked in for that interview. And I said what I had to say. And I walked away feeling really good about the whole thing. And so when... When the, when they rang me back to say they're offering me a job, that is when I thought, oh no, now I really have to think about whether I want this or not, you know, cause you go in saying, I don't, I don't know. I am not going to get this. And I, and I had to really think hard and my husband had to think hard. And eventually we decided we were going to come here for a year. If we liked it, we would stay on. If we don't like it, we go back. And so we came here, but exactly all the things, you know, that I've been talking about in terms of why Toronto is so enticing, the, the diversity, the multi 
multicultural nature of it, the ability to be able to experience so many different things, you know, and the ability to be able to experience a proper summer, by the way, as opposed to the constant rains, you know, to see the brilliant colors of fall, to see snow and, and, and walk in the snow, all that that I'm telling fellows about, I have experienced it myself, right? You know, and so that's why I say to people, come here. And then being part of a team that is so multicultural, which is so talented, like within my division alone, when I count the number of experience that my staff have and my colleagues have in cardiothoracic, that's like over a hundred plus years of experience, right? And so it's great. It's great to be in this melting, bubbling cauldron of energies and to feel that and to transfer that to a young expiring, aspiring radiologist, you know, and, and make that difference to their lives. I can identify with that instantly. And which is why I think that enthusiasm, that slight craziness, maybe that sense of adventure comes through, you know, and I can transfer that to, to the fellows and say, you know what? I've had a joy ride. It's time for you to have that joy ride. That's an amazing story of how you ended up here. It also kind of goes to show that University of Toronto has a way of placing the right people in the right places. So for those who are listening, you know that this is the atmosphere you're going to be in if you decide to come here. This is the type of adventure you're going to have because you're going to be surrounded by people who are exactly right to coach you or to push you in the right direction. So Minnie, you're the captain now. It's your ship and you've been steering it for quite a while now. But what do you think lies ahead? What do you think is the future of radiology fellowships? AI is coming up. A lot of things are changing. Do you think that fellowships are going to stay as it is? What do you think are going to be some of the biggest changes down the line next five years, 10 years with respect to radiology fellowships? That's an interesting question. So you kind of touched upon some of the things that, you know, are likely to sort of come up in the future or already coming up right now. Uh, we will definitely have more and more fellowship positions because fellowships are becoming more and more popular. People want to stand out from the rest of the crowd. And this is one sure shot way of doing it. We will have fellowships in more and more subspecialties because there is a need for more and more radiology because all patient-driven, patient-centered care is driven through radiology, almost radiology and pathology, I would add. Um, and so I think that there will be more subspecialty positions coming up. But also, I think there are so many newer advances that are coming up. You know, one of the things that I, I would love to see at the University of Toronto, and we're trying to work towards it, is to build up some fellowships, say, in artificial intelligence. You know, it's there. You know, it's there in our day-to-day -day activities, but it's still not reached that stage where we can offer someone a full one-year or two-year fellowship in AI with a research component to it. But I think it's something that we're working towards with the data scientists at the University of Toronto, and hopefully someday we will be able to do that, you know, because there are more and more staff, faculty who are interested in AI and the use of AI, and so I think we should be able to do it. So I think that's important. I think as well... Um, the other thing that I think is important as well is um, the curriculum in radiology is a little bit dependent on the geographic variations in the country. It's a little bit dependent on the postcode variations in the country because it depends on where the subspecialty interests are. It depends on who is the world leader in that and which city he or she or they belong to. And I would love to see us 
addressing this as a community, as a whole in the country. In other words, what I'm saying is I would love to see standardization of the fellowship curriculum across the whole nation. I know it's a long shot, but I think if you dream hard enough, as I've said to you, the university manifests itself and I think it will, you know, because I feel that, you know, maybe as a community, if we can come together, even if it is to start off in small steps like didactic sessions, you know, why not have workshops, which with each center in the country contributing a workshop to the overall radiology fellowship training, why not? That's possible. Or, you know, a center contributing to didactic sessions in one particular area, you know, because then the fellows have the advantage of being in the best center, but also learning from the best in other centers too. And that would be truly enticing. You know, uh, I mean, I would be sitting there too learning with them, I think, you know, because it's a unique opportunity. So I'd love to see that standardization. We've already taken small steps towards it in cardiothoracic imaging, for example. So I was part of the Canadian Society of Thoracic Radiology Committee, and we've drawn up a national curriculum for cardiac imaging and a national curriculum for thoracic imaging for the fellowship program. And we've put it out there. It's just a set of topics with goals and objectives and so on. And we've put it out there. But what I would like to do at some point is now that it's already out there and it's been accepted in academic radiology, is to put it out there and reach out to all the fellowship supervisors in cardiothoracic imaging and say, let's put our heads together and see how we can have a common fellowship curriculum, at least the didactic part of it. You know, in the long run, it would be great if, you know, fellows could rotate and do some short-term elective somewhere else, but there are logistics to it that may not be very easily uh, amenable to to change. You know, it's something that we can aspire towards. You're trying to make the fellowship experience even better than what it is, to make it even more perfect which is the point of the whole fellowship experience in the first place, is to have that inspiration, is to have that, build that enthusiasm in you to make things better than what they actually are. One thing which I loved about my fellowship is that the staff around me inspired me to be the best version of myself. And one thing I love as a staff is that every day I come in, I have the ability to work with fellows who challenge me who drive me to be better, who keep me on my toes because I've got to be better than them. I've got to teach them something. I've got to make themselves the best version. And that drives me to be better. And as you rightly pointed out, that drives us to learn as well. That keeps us hungry. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Dr. Mini Packel, Director of Fellowship Program, University of Toronto. And me, your host, Satish Krishna. You were listening to Radiologists, a podcast by University Medical Imaging Toronto, the largest medical imaging group in Canada, produced by Inna Levchuk. Learn more about us at universitymedicalimagingtoronto.ca and follow us on social media at Imaging Toronto. Thank you, everybody. See you in the next one.